predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football leagues with Nick Giacobbe and Nick Cap. From breakouts to busts, superstars to sleepers, these are the guys that will help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Season 2, Episode 7 of Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where we give you our predictions, our picks, with the hopes that we help you prevail throughout the 2022 fantasy football season. I am your host, Nick Giacobbe. Joining me as always is Nick Cap. Nick, today we're talking about some running backs. We have our rankings and we probably have some different ones, so this should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I, th- I think the running backs, uh, obviously, it's one of the most scarce positions in fantasy, so... This is, this is the big one, I think, for a lot of people. You got to hit your running backs early. You got to hit them late. And that's usually what makes the difference in winning, winning your league and losing. Definitely. Um, so today's our running back rankings episode. We've done tight end and quarterback last week. This week is running backs today and then wide receivers on Friday. So you'll get our full breakdown of our rankings in these next two weeks or in these last two weeks, I should say. And then it's basically draft season. So uh, we're looking forward to all of that. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. You can find us everywhere where you can find a podcast, but not limited to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts. Um, if you're on iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and the review. It really does help. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. Nick has some fancy graphics for these shows. Um, the YouTube is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Please give us a like, a subscribe, a comment, anything that you can on this video would help a lot. If you want to follow us on social media and support us, please do on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at primetime ff pod facebook and youtube primetime fantasy podcast okay let's get into our running back rankings for the 2022 fantasy season the way that we've kind of ranked these out is how we think they're going to finish by the end of the end of the season because why would you draft and this is an example why would you draft christian mccaffrey over derrick henry if you think derrick henry is going to have a better season so that's kind of how we've ranked it out as who we think is going to have the best season so uh nick real quick we don't want to get into it too much but how did you kind of orchestrate your list i'm going to pull it up right now for those watching on youtube yeah exactly same thing i said who do i think is going to finish where um but i did also take into account like your adp so for example um you know if i have you know, if I think X player is going to finish with more points than a player that's drafted much earlier on, I'm not necessarily going to rank them higher because I do understand that I don't want to draft them. You know, I wouldn't want to draft Aaron Jones in the first round, second pick, even if I thought Aaron Jones would finish as the RB one or two, just as an example. All right. For my list, the major thing I really factored in was injuries over the past few years and especially last year with like five of the top 10 running backs injured. I also factored in how some changes to some of these teams could factor into some of these running backs and some other minor changes. So without further ado, let's get into it, Nick, and I'll let you speak first. Your running back one is also my running back one. Yeah, I actually noticed we have the few of the first, the first few very similar. Um, So Jonathan Taylor, not hard to say. You got to rank him one. You got to make him your first pick of the draft. He was healthy all of last year, delivered, had a ton of touchdowns, had work in the running game, had a good usage in the passing game. And you got to imagine with Matt Ryan there, they're putting more points on the board, more touchdown opportunity. I know you expect touchdown regression, but Jonathan Taylor is a true three down back. So if there's any running back in the league that's going to maintain that, it is Jonathan Taylor. So I I think you could comfortably put him as your first pick in the draft. Um, and I, I think it's it's a clear cut. I don't think there's anyone that's a safer bet than Jonathan Taylor. I think that's where I'm at too. He's your safe pick. 
I think there is going to be touchdown regression. He had 18 last year. I think he's going to have 15 this year at 1,800 yards, and then closer to 1,500 yards. I am worried about the receptions as Naheem Himes did dominate the receptions. And it seemed like Taylor, at certain points in his fantasy games, he was, he was dependent on the touchdown because it gave him six points. He wasn't getting enough receptions. Um, last year, he got um, his, his reception numbers at least were 40 receptions, uh, 360 yards, which really isn't bad. But I want to see his receptions go up a little bit more because he was, I think he was outside the top 20, at least in reception. So I do want to see that number go up this year. But he's, he's your safest pick, in my opinion. Uh, number two, Christian McCaffrey. Nick, I don't think this is a, six, a, a safe pick, but we both have him ranked at number two. So Christian McCaffrey, you're getting 2,000-yard players. If he stays healthy, you're getting a 1,000-yard rusher, a 1,000-yard receiver. Um, for me, I did not have him ranked at two before Baker Mayfield got there. With Baker, Baker has produced um, top numbers for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. McCaffrey, true three-down back, going to take a ton of workload. Um, the only real concern is the injuries. If, if, if he was healthy the last two years, he was averaging over 25 fantasy points per game at full PPR. He's a reception monster. He's a running monster. He's one of the most elusive backs. He gets a ton of touchdowns for a bad team. Like McCaffrey is an absolute workhorse, and if he didn't have injury concerns, I think a lot of people would rank him one, and he'd be a way safer pick than Taylor. But you you can't deny the injury history two years going down early in the season. Um, that That's the big concern. But if he stays out on that football field, he's the best running back in football, at least for fantasy. I want to preface this because I don't want to eat my eat my shit, basically. A week ago, I said, don't draft Christian McCaffrey. Or I said, I won't be drafting Christian McCaffrey because of the injury history, and I stand by that statement. With that said, I still also recognize his talent and his potential. If he plays at least 15 games, he's probably going to end up being the running back one, if not the two or three. But I'm not confident he plays 15 games. That's why I won't be drafting him. But I haven't ranked his number two because of that potential if he does stay somewhat healthy missing 20 games over the past 27 or whatever really does worry me number three for you nick we both have the same number three as well Najee, i mean he's an absolute dark horse i know people are starting to fade him a little bit because mike tomlin said he doesn't want him to have 400 touches but 350 to me that's an absolute joke that's mike tomlin saying our running backs getting 350 touches this year that's saying come draft me a fantasy last year he finished as the RB3, only behind Eckler and Taylor. I think he has no problem doing that. I think he has the upside of the RB1 on the season. I, th I think if you're not getting Taylor McCaffrey with those first two picks, if you don't want receiver and, you, and you're stuck on getting a running back, I think Najee Harris is an absolute lock for the next running back off the board. I love, love, love Najee this year because they don't have a stable quarterback situation. I don't think any of those quarterbacks will be throwing 40, 50 yards down the field. They don't have Aaron Rodgers over there. I think he's a great safety blanket for dump-off passes. He's a PPR machine. He won me my points championship last year. Two-time points champion, by the way. So I'm big on Najee Harris. If I could get him in our league or something, like I'd scoop him I'd scoop him up if I can. Um, but I would, love to, I would love to have Najee um, in, in any league this year. Uh, number four, Nick, Delvin Cook for both of us again. Our list differ after number four, guys, for those of you listening in audio. We do have the same number top four, but. Yeah, so uh, for me, I think those top four, that's your tier one backs. I think I think Dalvin Cook just sneaks inside of that. Dalvin Cook's workload has been tremendous the past two years. He was hurt three years ago. He's been pretty and relatively healthy ever since. Uh, the one big concern I have about Dalvin Cook, even though I said he does stay healthy for the duration of the season, it feels like at halftime, he has had a season-ending injury every single time. It always feels like he's coming off the field. Madison's getting work. 
But at the end of the day, Dalvin Cook's consistently producing fantasy numbers. And this is his first year with an offensive-minded head coach that is definitely not going to take away from him getting touchdowns. It's only going to add to it. So for me, Dalvin Cook, lock him in at four. I think you could debate him and Najee for three. Um, but I think comfortably five, maybe six is the floor for Dalvin Cook if he's healthy for the year. I think he'll finish somewhere in the top six, depending on how injured he is at times. But I like him at four. I like the new offensive coach. I like the new offensive mindset. I think everybody in that offense gets a bump up, including Kirk Cousins. That's why Jefferson's kind of my wide receiver one on the year. So um, Dalvin can catch balls. He can run the ball. He gets a lot of goal line looks. I'm in on Dalvin Cook. Number five, Nick, this is, like I said, where we start to differ on our uh, on our lists. Here I got DeAndre Swift. I know, you know, he's he. a lot of people are very high on him. He's going in the mid-second round. I think that's a little bit too low for him. He's a young running back. He's been very healthy ever since his first injury in the league. Um, he's extremely talented. Uh, I know people are concerned about Detroit, but if you look at the guys that won the the fantasy points title over the last few years. It's been Christian McCaffrey. It's been uh, Jonathan Taylor. It's been Alvin Kamara slash Dalvin Cook. They were within a couple points of each other. And none of those four teams made the playoffs except for the Saints with Drew Brees. So don't be concerned about how good your team is based on how well they'll put up fantasy numbers. I think DeAndre Swift's an absolute monster going into year three. Um, it's been him and Jamal Williams in that backfield. That offense got a lot better. There's a ton of weapons on the outside. I know not a lot of people love Jared Goff, but the fact of the matter is the quarterback for those four running backs that I just said, Drew Brees with a weak arm, Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater for McCaffrey with those numbers. Um, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, I don't Carson think quarterbacks Wentz matter. Quarterbacks don't matter for running backs. Yeah, exactly. I, I think too many people are, are focused on how talented your quarterback. Are you going to find the end zone? The fact is DeAndre Swift will find the end zone. That Lions team puts up a fight every single week. If you were, if you watched Lions games, that team was fighting. They were putting up yards. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he's a monster. I think you can comfortably see, I can comfortably see him finishing in the top five. I think he's a tier two running back though. I don't think he breaks that top four, but he has top uh, three upside. I like Joe Mixon a lot at five. He was number three in yards and number two in touchdowns. He's on a really high-powered offense, top three offense in the league. They're going to see a lot of looks in the red zone. They revamped that offensive line, which is going to help both Burrow and Mixon, so it's good for both the run game and the pass game. So I think Mixon's going to have more lanes. He's not going to have to shift as much uh, in the open field, at least. The one thing that worries me is the targets and the receptions, but he finished – um, I think 11th in receptions last year, which isn't terrible, but I would like to see that bump. I would like to see Mixon get more targets from Burrow, maybe more screen passes. If he could get in the top 10 in receptions, he's going to be a fantasy monster. I'm targeting him in every draft that I can because I'm probably not getting in any of those top running backs. So I want to take Joe Mixon in a lot of my drafts. I want a piece of that Bengals offense. And I think Joe Mixon is a really, really solid piece to that championship offense. Number six, Nick, this is a guy you really are not high on. I'm almost surprised he's this high on your list. I'm not high on Austin Eckler. I think, you know, he had 58% snap share last year. Um, he he is turning 27, and the, and the statistic from the last five years has been a 27-year-old running back has not broken the top six. So the, the statistics are telling me that Austin Eckler is not good enough to produce top three fantasy numbers, which is where he's currently being drafted. But to me, he's still extremely talented. He did have 20 touchdowns last year. He had like 70 receptions for 600 yards. Um, so he's getting the workload where I can't deny how good of a player he is. 
but those stats tell me he's just not going to finish where I think he will. And when I was comparing him to other guys in the range, the only person I would consider putting over him is Alvin Kamara, but because of the uncertainty with his um, legal situation, I do have him just edging out Kamara. I have Derrick Henry, and here's why. Derrick Henry finished first in fantasy average last year. That was missing, I think, six games. He also finished 22nd among running backs. So our list is of our top 24. He finished 22nd last year, and that was missing like six games. If Derrick Henry stayed healthy, Taylor wouldn't have been talked about as much, and he wouldn't have had the year that he had. He would have had the year that he had, but Henry's numbers would have been insane. He probably would have had close to 2,000 yards and probably close to 20 touchdowns. I'm worried about him getting old. I'm worried about the injury, you know, his first serious injury. And I'm worried that the Titans are going to get beaten up this year. I don't think they're a good football team. I think Ryan Tannehill sunk, stunk as a quarterback last year. And he had his best year two or three years ago. I thought he could break out. But I just think he's the epitome of average, maybe below average. So I know we just said that quarterback play doesn't matter as much. But we're, the, the, the team around Henry does worry me a little bit. And I could see him getting too beat up. But if Henry stays healthy... You might, you might be getting a steal if he's the sixth running back off the board because he has the potential to finish in the top three. I have him at, at six, though, due to the circumstances that he is around that team. So number seven. Here I have Alvin Kamara. I think he's being drafted way too low. Um, up until, I think, this past week, he's been at the beginning of the third round, which to me is a little ridiculous. This guy has put up top five fantasy numbers, it feels like, for the last – five years he's consistently putting up 20 point games and giving you that 40 to 50 bomb now and then uh the uncertainty is the legal situation but from what i've been seeing the court case will not be until october november and he is very likely to push it back until after the season which to me says you will not have to worry about him the slight nerve is if you do have to worry about him and he does do this lawsuit and he does find himself in a suspension situation that is coming right before the fantasy playoffs. That's a big red flag, but I think you can draft him comfortably. I think if that does appear to be a situation, you can look to move him. Just stay very, very alert and on top of that situation because it is. And draft Mark Ingram as his backup. Yeah, exactly. Take that handcuff. Mark Ingram should be an absolute lock um, for a handcuff for Kamara. I know not every player you have to do it for, but you would definitely need to do it in this situation, especially if you're taking him for your RB1. I have DeAndre Swift for a lot of the reasons that Nick stated. I think the Lions have the potential to be one of those teams that puts it together in the next few years, all depending on the quarterback situation. I like how they're building around a quarterback without having a quarterback and not rushing into it. I think that's a, a mistake that a lot of teams do make. I like Swift's upside a lot. I wasn't high on him last year, but I, I am this year. Um, I think he has the he has the potential to catch a lot of balls and to run a lot of you know to run a lot. That's what you want in a PPR back. That's a guy you could comfortably take. I would take him in the second round or third round, and I think he, he could be the anchor of your fantasy team. So, uh, number eight. Uh, I have Joe Mixon here. Joe Mixon, he's being drafted right around here, I believe. Uh, he had 1,500 yards last season, averaged one touchdown per game. Uh, the, the, to me, he's being drafted as a low-end RB1. I think that's a perfect spot for him. I, I think he has the ability to break into that top five but I can't put him above any of those top four. I don't think he's good enough to break that. Um, with, with these four that I have up here, I think you can alter them however you want. I think any of them are safe pick for that RB5 outside of Kamara's situation. 
But for me, I think the Bengals are going to suffer a much larger Super Bowl hangover than than fans and people are anticipating. I, I think you're going to see a lot, of, a lot, a lot, a lot of early struggles from this Bengals team, and you're going to see a lot of people trying to jump off the mix and train a little early. But I think by the end of the season, he's been too healthy. He'll put up those numbers for, for the duration of a year. Uh, you'll watch him put up an average 100 yards per game, touchdown per game, just like last year, and deliver right at his ADP. I have Austin Eckler. I'm worried about Austin Eckler. He was second in fantasy points last year and third in fantasy average. He's not going to repeat those stats. We've seen nothing but negativity uh, due to the running backs in that room. He's aging. Herbert's going to throw a lot to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer. On top of that, Eckler's even said he doesn't want to get, I think, 200-plus carries, I think it is, which is not a ton of carries because guys like – Mixon and Jonathan Taylor had 300 carries. So everything to me is pointing down for Austin Eckler. And if I'm spending a first or second round pick, I need guys that I could fully trust a hundred thousand percent. And Eckler, if I'm looking at the top eight in my list, he's the one I trust the least. So I, I wouldn't take a chance on Eckler this year. I would rather draft the receiver or somebody and hope your running backs pan out at that point. Number nine, Nick. Here I have Derrick Henry. He he missed more than five games last year. He missed nine. That's a big deal. I thought it was just six. No, he he missed nine games last year. He missed half of his season. Um, in that half of a season, he had two hundred nineteen carries. That number is going up. The you know his workload is going to be phenomenal. But just like I told you about Eckler, that twenty seven age set that's hitting Henry too. And unfortunately, Henry Henry's not going to be good for your PPR leagues. He also had two or three years at Alabama, which is basically an NFL team. Exactly. He he's on. If you made put his stats and put it on track for an entire season, he would have only had forty targets last year. That's not good enough for PPR. He, sure, would he have had two thousand yards? Yeah, he had ten touchdowns. Phenomenal. But the fact of the matter is, he's hit the point where he had his first major NFL injury. And usually when I see that out of the top 10 running back, I've learned from Saquon Barkley. I learned last year from Christian McCaffrey. It's it's time to start fading them and just accept, you know, you're not going to get a full season from this guy. He's taken a lot of hits. There's not a lot of weapons on that team. Those, those attempts numbers are going to go up. If he played a full year, he'll have 450 attempts. He'll deliver on his ADP of the RB4 or 5 off the board, but that's not a risk I'm willing to take. Um, at that draft spot when you have other other options that are safer, younger, uh, and healthier. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I am on Henry. At number nine, I have Nick Chubb, and this doesn't matter. The Watson situation doesn't matter because I think Nick Chubb's getting a lot of carries. The Browns like to feed him. I think there's a gap between him and Kareem Hunt. He finished last year as the running back. Um, he finished as the running back 12, and I am as the running back nine. I think he gets in the top 10 this year. He gets a lot of touchdowns. He's a bulldozer he's a guy that you want in your fantasy league. He averages a lot of yards per carry too. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think the reception numbers are great for Chubb. That's probably the only thing. Um, let's see. I'm going to check you right here. Yeah. He's his reception numbers aren't good. That, that's the only thing is he's more touchdown dependent, but I like the workload that he's going to end up getting over there in Cleveland. So that's why I'm so high on Chubb at number nine. Uh, here I have Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs is being criminally underdrafted. Uh, he had another healthy year last year, missed two games. Uh, put up 226 fantasy points, which is a lot. It would put him exactly where he is this year, where I have him. I have him, at, I, have him I think, at uh, 10. 10, yep. I have 10. Right now he's being drafted at 18, 19, 20. Um, he, he's a beast. He 
the early misconceptions that have people fading Josh Jacobs is he doesn't get enough targets for PPR. Last year he had 55 receptions. That's a lot for a running back that's a power back. He's going to be used near the goal line. I know there's Josh Josh McDaniels loves his running backs. Josh McDaniels will put up points in that offense, and he's going to get every single goal line touch imaginable. Josh Jacobs is going to be a beast. It would not surprise me if he had 20 touchdowns this year. Uh, and he's getting the workload to back it. He, he'll be a 1,000-yard running back. He's going to have 55 touchdowns, and I think he'll comfortably hit 12, tu- 12 touchdowns on the year. That That's good enough to be a top 10 running back in fantasy. I'll be speaking about Jacobs in a couple of minutes, but I'm, I'm pretty high on him as well. I have Alvin Kamara at 10. Uh, the coaching change I don't love. The quarterback situation is okay. Jameis throws the ball a lot. He's going to throw a couple picks, so they might be down in games. There's a lot of PPR um, opportunities for Alvin Kamara. The suspension, I don't know about. If it wasn't for the suspension, he'd probably be number seven on my list. The suspension is why I knock him down a couple points. Uh, but last year, he was eighth in fantasy points. His average was six. This is how he's been his whole career. He's a PPR machine. He catches a lot of balls, and they're going to be down in games. That's all i got to say about Kamara. If you have him on your team, I think you're guaranteed five or six receptions. That's six points right there, 40, 50 receiving yards, and you know, a, good, a lot of touchdown opportunity as well. So I think there's a lot of upside to Kamara. Just draft Mark Ingram and then roll with it. Number 11 for you, Nick. We have the same number, 11. It's Ezekiel Elliott, another guy being drafted criminally low. He's being right, drafted right before Josh Jacobs. Um, to me, Zeke, he's been too healthy in his career. He's missed three games in his entire NFL career. He's a 1,000-yard rusher every season of his career. Uh, he's had 65 targets or more in every season of his co- career. No one's had more goal line touches within five yards than Ezekiel Elliott over the last year, two years, three years, and four years. Zeke, he's a lock for me. He's being drafted at the RB 18, 19, 20, just like Josh Jacobs. And the fact is he has put up top 10 fantasy seasons every year of his career. People are expecting a major drop-off from Zeke. He has showed me no signs of that. As long as he's out on that football field, he's putting up those stats. He's being drafted as a low-end RB2. To me, he's a low-end RB1 or a high-end RB2. I'm right with you on Zeke, and I'm an anti-Zeke guy for the last year or two. I, I didn't like him being drafted in the first or second round last year, but if you could get Zeke as your running back two in rounds three or four, I'm in. He's too healthy. He doesn't miss games. His fantasy average wasn't great last year, 17th. But he was seventh in fantasy points because, again, he doesn't miss games. And it comes down to, would you rather have Christian McCaffrey, who's going to miss seven games, or would you rather have Zeke Elliott? I'm not saying I'd rather have Zeke. But you need to be on the field to score points. So if I'm drafting a running back that's not going to play X amount of games or I don't think it's going to play X amount of games, why would I draft him at that point? Zeke's going to be healthy for the playoffs. Will he get me 25 points like McCaffrey might? No, but he could get me 14 or 15, and that's better than whatever running that's better than the backup that I have to replace McCaffrey with. So I'm not saying take Zeke over McCaffrey. What I'm saying is I could feel safer with him on my roster just knowing that he's healthy most of the time. He'll get the goal line looks with the Cowboys. Tony Pollard is not getting goal line looks. And I think Dak Prescott can't throw as much as he normally does. I don't think he could throw 5,000 yards. The Cowboys are going to lose games. I think they have to control the clock a little bit more, and they do that with feeding Zeke. Number 12, Nick, you have Nick Chubb. I have Nick Chubb here. I kept alternating on whether I wanted him right outside the top 10 or right inside the top 10, but the Deshaun Watson six games does it for me. I, we saw reports today that they were recording. It's it's August 3rd. 
that the NFL is appealing the suspension. So there is still question marks and uncertainty about it. But if it stays as is, six games for for um, for for Deshaun Watson, I trust Nick Chubb to put that ball in the end zone. Uh, he missed three games last year, and he posted up 1,200 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, tw- 20 receptions, not great for PPR, which is why he won't find his way above any of those top eight guys. But the fact is Nick Chubb has delivered year over year over year over year in fantasy, and he will continue to do so. Having Baker Mayfield leaving Deshaun Watson for a power back is a much better situation because he's getting those goal line touches. He's getting that goal line work. He's just not getting the receiving work that for me, that'll comfortably shoot him into the top 10. We're going to do an episode at some point of offenses that we want. Like we want a piece of this offense, best and worst offenses. I want a piece of that Raider offense, just like I want a piece of that Bengals offense. I would love to get Josh Jacobs as my running back too in every league. Like you had said, I think he's going to get a lot of goal line work. He has no competition there. I think the Raiders are going to be in a lot of shootouts. I think they're going to have to score a lot of points. And then we're up in those games. They're going to want to chew the clock. You give it to Josh Jacobs, who's usually averages like three or four yards per carry. He has a pretty good yards per carry average in his career. He's a bulldozer. So I love taking Josh Jacobs as 12. He's another one that probably does not miss a lot of games. He's usually good for about at least a thousand yards and eight or nine touchdowns at least. So I'm going to trust Josh Jacobs this year. Um, I'm going to trust him, you know, and those Raiders. So number 13. So here I have Aaron Jones. Nick and I are both pretty low on him. Uh, Nick a little lower than I. For me, with you know, Aaron Jones really makes his season off three, four games a year. Um, that's usually that 30, 40 point bomb in a primetime game uh, with those three, four touchdowns. Like that's usually what makes Aaron Jones a season. And usually I'd be pretty comfortable with that. But when I'm watching guys like Zeke and and Josh Jacobs go lower than him. I'd rather trust Josh Jacobs and Ezekiel Elliott, who I comfortably believe their floor is 12 to 14 points in a, in a, any individual game versus Aaron Jones, who has not found the, the end zone as much as he should. A team that's on the decline, a team that's not uh, that's not going to have those those weapons to get them closer to that goal line. Like every direction is pointing down for the Green Bay Packers and A.J. Dillon's workload is only going up. A.J. Dillon out out. Uh, over the last eight weeks of the season, had more fantasy points per game than Aaron Jones. Um, he had higher usage, and Aaron Jones was healthy. He only missed two games during that span. So for me, I, th- I think that Packers team sees A.J. Dillon as the true weapon halfway through the year that they're going to pivot to. And his ceiling's very high, but for me, his floor is way too low. There's other guys later on that I'd rather have than Aaron Jones, but I, I think he's too good of a talent for you to pass up uh, past this point in your draft. For me at number 13, I have Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, Super Bowl Lenny, whatever you want to call him. Last year, he was sixth in fantasy points, fourth in average. I love that fourth in average number. I know he showed up the camp a little bit hefty, but you got a couple weeks to lose that weight. And I think Fournette's going to be, uh, he's going to be Tom Brady's anchor over there. The offensive line lost, uh, the, the center just went down and they lost, I think, a tackle or a guard in the offseason to the Bengals. So the line isn't as great but they don't want Brady to take too many hits. The best way to avoid those hits is to run the ball, control the clock and play defense. I still think Brady has a lot of years. I still think the Bucs score a ton of points. I want a buck on my team as well. 
And Fournette could be a really solid running back too. He's proven it. So, and there's no competition either. Like Ronald Jones was no competition for him. There'll be no Ro- competition Rojo's for him gone. this year. He's in, I, he's I, in Kansas yeah, City yeah. I, I know he's in Kansas. I meant no. last year's no competition. Yeah. So I, they trust Leonard Fournette. So I, I'm I'm going to trust in Leonard Fournette as well. I think you're getting a really solid choice if he's your running back too. All righty, Nick. Fourteen. Here I have Javante Williams. If you told me last year going into this year. They're getting Russell Wilson. The offense is retooled and Melvin Gordon walked. I would have told you Javante Williams is a top five lock for the fantasy season. I would have told you that he, that he will finish as the RB1. The talent is immense. That team is fantastic. Um, they put, they're going to put up a ton of points. But Melvin Gordon being back terrifies me. They didn't just let him walk. They brought him in. They gave him a significant contract. And he had a split role with Javante last year. Um, both of them posted top 22 fantasy numbers. So for me, can I trust Javante Williams to go out there and be the RB1? I think he can be in fantasy. Unfortunately, with Melvin Gordon, they're not. I think he takes away too much of the workload. He takes away too much of that receiving game. Um, so for me, I'm fading Javante Williams a little bit. I think he will perform. I think he'll be a very talented player. I think he'll look out there and be frustrated watching Melvin Gordon in the game. And that frustration will kill me all year. So for me this year, I'm going to happily pass on Javante Williams and look for other options. We both have Javante Williams and Cam Akers back-to-back, and those are going to be my keeper options in our league, and it's going to be a real tough one. I have Javante Williams at 14, as, as, as do you. And what's, what really irritates me is that I think it's going to be a, a 70-30 split or a 60-40 split, and I just I don't really want that because Javante Williams will be drafted as your running back two or one. He definitely can't be your one because he can't be trusted. Maybe as a two because the upside is there. But I feel like they're still going to use Melvin Gordon, like you said, and I, I don't want to have like I don't want to have to struggle to watch the red zone and worry that Javante Williams gets them down to the one and they put in Melvin Gordon and he vultures the touchdown. That's annoying, and you can't even draft both of them because it's like who do you play? It's not even a handcuff at that point. And then it's a who who do you play situation. It's very very frustrating. Um, I think Javante Williams will be a great 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 fantasy talent in 2023, 2022. I need to see the opportunities there because the opportunities yeah. were not there last year. All righty, Nick, 15, you have Cam Akers. I also have Cam Akers. Look, number one of the best offenses in the NFL only got better. They added Allen Robinson. That team's putting up points on a weekly basis. I think Cam Akers is happily going to deliver on his ADP. I think Cam Akers is going to be a very good running back in this league. Sean McVay loves his running backs. And Cam Akers, to me, is the clear-cut number one. He's the young gun. They're going to use him as much as they can like Todd Gurley, but that massive injury, that Achilles injury does worry me as well as he did recover from it and looked in the playoffs. Um, I haven't seen him put on a full healthy season of football yet, so I'm not going to take him over um, guys like Javante who proved the talent last year, like Aaron Jones who has consistently put up numbers, Chubb, Zeke, Jacobs, and obviously you're not taking him over those top nine guys. So for me, this is just where I said the talent's there, the opportunity's there. Um, who, who do I think he can be better than? And that's just where I put him. And that, that's where he just fit in for me. I think you nailed it right on the head. I, I have him before Saquon Barkley. We'll talk about in a second, Aaron Jones, Connor Gibson, etc. I have him over those guys because I like his opportunity on the Rams. They're going to be one of the highest scoring teams in football. They're going to go back to the Super Bowl. Like I guarantee they go back to the Super Bowl. I wonder why I'm guaranteeing that my friends know uh, I guarantee the Rams go back to the Super Bowl. Uh, and if they're going to, they're going to want to run the ball. Sean McVay loves to run the ball. 
he's going to give it to Cam Akers. I think he has a lot of confidence in Cam Akers. That's why he let him play in the playoffs and stuff last year. Uh, they're going to score a lot of points, and they're going to be up in a lot of games, so they're going to run the ball. The opportunity will be there. That I'm drafting K-Makers if I draft him purely because of the opportunity and the upside, and that's I like his opportunity and upside better than Saquon Barkley on the Giants, Aaron Jones competing with A.J. Dillon, James Conner competing with Kyler Murray, et cetera. I'll talk about them over my next four picks. Number 16 for you, Nick. Leonard Fournette. I, I disagree with this one a lot, Nick. I want to hear your opinion, but I'm a lot higher on Fournette than you are. Look, Fournette's in a perfect situation. He deli- he's such he's a good talent, but I think coming into camp 260 pounds, I, I think that poses a bigger problem than than most people think. Um, Jacksonville cut Leonard Fournette because they were worried about um, how much he cared about the game of football. I, I think Tom Brady's going to see right into that. He looked very, very slow. He did not look very good in training camp. Um, to me... I, I think this is Fournette's role to lose. I don't think I don't think he has it. Uh, it's not his role to lose. Um, I think he still needs to prove himself to that Buck staff. And I know he delivered in fantasy last year, but if we're being fair, you know he had a three down workload. I don't think that's happening again. I but think who's who's taking the role? They don't have another running back. I I think they're gonna find a way to rotate backs. I I don't think I think Tom Brady. Year over year, he gives the ball to the guy he trusts. Fournette, he trusted last year. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I. I don't think they're gonna trust him this year. I don't think they're gonna love. I don't think they like the way that he came into camp. Already, a ton of reports came out about that. Um, Fournette, very good talent. I. I I'm. He gave him a nice birthday I, cake. Did you see his birthday cake today? I did see his birthday cake. Happy one hundred Happy one hundred birthday. I'm sure, I'm sure that fat slob ate the whole damn thing. Coming into camp that big. I'm going to make a bet with you that no. Fournette finishes in the top. What do I have? Do I have where, where do I have him? 13? I bet Fournette finishes the top 13 running back. I'm confident in that one. I wouldn't take up that bet because he did finish as the RB6 last year. But, I mean, if you told me he's going to finish as a top 10 running back, I would say. Oh, that's tough. Exactly. Know. All right. Uh, 16, I have Saquon Barkley. And I really hate this because I don't want to touch Saquon Barkley at all. I have him there for the upside. He catches a lot of balls. When Saquon Barkley is at his best, he's electric. He's fast. He's shifty. He makes people miss. But he's on the Giants, and the Giants fucking suck. They're going to be a bottom three team next year, and I really don't want players that are on bottom three teams that are just going to be fighting for the number one pick. I don't want Texans. I don't want Jets. I don't want Giants. I don't want Seahawks. I don't want bears, maybe one or two bears, but point being, I don't want Saquon Barkley, but the upside is there and somebody's going to draft them. And if he plays 15 games, he's going to be a great fantasy player for them. That's the reality of it. If he stays healthy, it's almost like the Christian McCaffrey situation, but a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Number 17 for you, Nick. Uh, here I have Elijah Mitchell. I think he's another guy going way too low. He clearly had that RB1 spot on lock. No one really touched it except for Debo Samuel, who has a clause in his contract where they can't use him like a running back or else they have to pay him a ridiculous amount of money. Um, they're, they're going to have That's such a pathetic people. move right there. Real team guy, Debo. I, I I get it because the running back lifespan of an NFL player is short. He has had injuries. Yeah, but it's like you have a clause but... in your contract now because of that. Like, no, like, I, I, like I get came, it. You came I... this close to getting to the Super Bowl when you were a stud, and you're like, no, don't use me. I like, I don't know. Just, that's I... a big time me guy right there. 
I, I agree with that. But the fact of the matter is, for fantasy football purposes, that means Elijah Mitchell's touchdowns are going up. His work in the receiving game is going to go up. Uh, his his touchdowns might not go up, but it should hover around the same. He only had six last year, but he did miss five games. If Elijah Mitchell stays healthy, he's on one of the best offenses in football with one of the best offensive minds in football. Elijah Mitchell, honestly, should finish if he stays healthy for the entire year as a top 10 running back, but there's too much talent in the league, and I'm assuming everybody is healthy for the majority of the season in this list. I have Aaron Jones at 17. The only reason he's this low is because of A.J. Dillon. Uh, Aaron Jones last year, uh, 11th in fantasy points among running backs and is 13th in average. Not bad numbers, and I think he's going to get more targets this year because of Devontae Adams. Uh, Devontae Adams close to 2,000 yards every year and like 20 touchdowns. They have to go somewhere. Um, last year, uh, Aaron Jones was fifth in targets. He could end up, he's going to be a top five targeted running back again this year. So there's a lot of upside to Aaron Jones. The downside is AJ Dillon. Um, who gets the goal line looks? Is it Aaron Jones gets them down the field with a couple receptions and then doesn't get a touchdown? They're probably both going to have the same amount of fantasy points. I feel like, I, I feel like it's not going to be much of a difference. And that's just what worries me. What if they ride the hot end? What if they want to start AJ Dillon? He's younger, stronger, bigger. His legs are ridiculously huge. He doesn't skip leg day. He does it five times a week. <laughs> so the AJ Dillon situation is the only thing that worries me. If AJ Dillon wasn't there, if there's a different running back behind him, I, I would have, I would have Aaron Jones as a top 10 running back because Rogers has to throw it to somebody. And when he throws to Alan Lazard, he's going to be doing a lot of this. I don't know if you can see my eye roll in the camera, but you're going to see the Rogers eye roll every time he throws to a wide receiver because there's going to drop balls. So, all righty, number 18. Here I got Antonio Gibson. Um, Gibson was one of the most frustrating players in fantasy football last year. Um, and now that we look at it a year later, I don't know why. He had he only missed one game. He was a 1,000-yard rusher, had 10 touchdowns, 50-plus targets on the year. This year, he goes to Carson Wentz, who just produced an RB one, um, and Jonathan Taylor. I think there's a lot of a lot a lot of upside to Antonio Gibson, but to me, I don't think Gibson's as talented as, as a lot of people saw him to be. I, I think you know you're watching him only get four yards per carry. Um, when when you're, a, I know that they used JD McKissick a lot in the passing game last year. But McKissick when you were, got targeted him by like I think I have the numbers up here if you were curious or not out targeted. Yeah. Um, McKissick had forty three receptions and Gibson had forty two, so not not a super big difference. I thought I thought it was a bigger difference, honestly. It felt like a big difference during the year, and it did take a large chunk of Gibson's workload out. Um, if he if those all those targets went to him, he actually finishes as the RB five on the year. Um, so that, that's a crazy jump in itself. But that I don't, just cut you off. I don't want to cut you off. McKissick at 397 yards receiving, and um, Gibson had 294. So it's like a hundred yard, a hundred uh, yard difference in receiving. Yeah. So to me, everything points well for Antonio Gibson. But the fact is, last year he didn't prove to Ron Rivera that he's a true RB one and three, three down workhorse like they want, like people thought they would use him, like McCaffrey. So. I'm not I'm not sold. If if the coaching staff didn't tell me last year he's the guy, I'm not going to trust him to be the guy this year. I think he could put up good fantasy numbers as a th as a three down back, but they're just not going to use him like that. So for me, I'm not fading him, but I'm not taking him over some of the other guys on this list. 
I think James Conner is a guy that people are really going to overdraft after one good season. And I know he's decent on the Steelers too, but there's a reason why they didn't re-sign him and they went to Najee Harris. He wasn't the guy. Uh, You know, he he was great last year. He finished fifth in fantasy points and ninth in average. Great, 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 great fantasy season. But now Kyler's still the running back one over there. I don't care what you say. He's the running back one. He takes away goal line looks from James Conner. I don't see a lot of goal line looks coming. I think he was second in touchdown with like 12 or 15. Like he's not going to do that this year. I see a lot of regression for, for James Conner, Conner and Austin Eckler compared to last year's stats. So those are two guys I'm avoiding purely because I see the regression and I don't think they can repeat their stats. Um, I think there's a lot, a lot of other mouths to feed on Arizona and Conner's not going to be a top, um, a top option for them when it comes to their offensive skill set. So you got a jet here, Nick. I do. I have the hometown hero, baby. I don't. I, I have Brees Hall here. The fact of the matter is a rookie running back has delivered on their fantasy ADP every single year over the last 20 seasons. Um, he was drafted as the first running back of this class. I think he's going to deliver. I think he has top 12 upside. Um, but the fact is, it is the Jets. I do understand it. I do know that there are question marks there. Um, actually after I made this list, I found out that Michael Carter is dealing with another injury concern. He had a couple last year as well. Um, so I think Brees Hall does have a lot of upside and the stats tell me that fantasy running. What's Carter's running injury? Game. Just out of curiosity. Cause you were really high on Carter last year. Yeah. Carter, Carter was very talented. They already announced that they're going to use uh hall as the RB one as the first and second down back. And then Carter is the third down back. So they already made it very clear what Brees Hall's role is going to be. It's going to be run the ball, catch the short ball. That's it. Exactly what a running back is supposed to do, but they're not going to give him that goal line work. Um, so for me, Brees Hall, I'm not fading him like other people are, um, but I think I think where his ADP is is very comfortable, and I think he could deliver on it. So I'll be taking him in some leagues, but he's not going to be my lock to take in every league. I'm fading him because the ADP is right around Josh Jacobs and Ezekiel Elliott, who I have ranked at 10 and 11, and Brees Hall is not on my list, so. That's, that's why he's not on my list, at least. For me, number 19 is Antonio Gibson for all the reasons you spoke about. And my frustration with Gibson isn't him. I don't think Ron Rivera does give him the opportunities to be a three-down back. I think he uses J.D. McKissick too much, and I wish he wouldn't. So um, I'm not going to speak much on Gibson because he really nailed it on the head there, but um, that's why I'm not as high on, on Gibson. But I, I think he has the potential to be a three-down back. I think he has the potential to have a really good year with Carson Wentz if given the opportunities. Speaking of somebody who could use some opportunities, Travis Etienne. I, I did not have him at 20. You have him as 20, but I had him higher and I knocked him down. Why do you have Etienne at 20? So same exact thing. Running backs drafted in the first round or the early running backs that have been drafted have delivered on ADP. You didn't get a chance to see Travis Etienne because of a season-ending injury. James Robinson is dinged up. He is still hurt. Doesn't look like he's going to start the season. So Travis Etienne is the designated RB1. And why do I say designated? Because James Robinson looked pretty damn good last year. And the fact is People that forget he, that in his rookie year, James Robinson had a thousand yards, like and like 10 touchdowns. Like he wasn't Yeah, he was, he was very good. good. It was not a lot of people realize, like it was a big question mark why they took ETN. And you think about it, and none of that coaching staff is there anymore. I forget his name. It was the one what was the coach last year? The guy that had all those issues off the field. Oh, the guy that is real, real, real fun at bars. Yeah, exactly that guy. So for me, ETN wasn't taken by this staff. He wasn't taken. 
there. When James Robinson comes back, I think Trevor Lawrence, that's the only consistency he'll see in his offense from his rookie year to this year is him. So for me, ETN stats tell me he's going to deliver. I test tells me or everything else I'm seeing from that organization says, uh, not so fast. So ETN, I think he's a good pick. I think he's a low end RB two. I don't think he has that big of a ceiling. I have David Montgomery, new coaching staff coming into Chicago. It's Justin Fields best opportunity, but not a great opportunity. And over his last few years, he's been a top 20 fantasy back. Last year, he was 21st in fantasy points, so right outside the top 20, average 15th. He was the playoff um, the playoff savior two years ago. Uh, he, he gets receptions. He runs the ball. He gets touchdowns. He kind of does it all, but on a really crappy team. I wish his team was better. I wish his, oppor- I wish his situation was better. But I, I, with all the guys that are going in his range, I, I would I think he's a safer bet than Saquon Barkley. I think he's a safer bet than James Conner. I think he's a safer bet than J.K. Dobbins. I would rival these almost as safe as Javante Williams. So that's kind of where I have him ranked. I know he's a couple picks behind Javante Williams, but I think he's a safer pick because you know what you're going to get out of him from a floor standpoint. I just don't know what his ceiling could be with the Bears being such a horrific team. Just just horrible. Just a horrific team. All righty, 21 for you, Nick. So I have James Conner here. Like you, I agree. I think a lot of people are going to overdraft James Conner. Um, the fact is every single thing that could have gone right for James Conner went right. Chase Edmonds went down with injury. He got used as a three down workhorse. He got 200 carries. He had 15 touchdowns. They gave him all the goal line work because Kyler Murray refused to run the ball. He had passing a good passing game, 40 targets, 37 receptions on that 10 yards per an attempt and three touchdowns in the air. Like that was unheard of in Pittsburgh. They did not use him as a pass catching back. They used him as a power back on the first and second down. But there's a reason Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin and that coaching staff let him go, and he was pretty much used as a filler when Chase Edmonds was gone. Granted, Chase Edmonds is off that team now, but I expect you see a more mobile Kyler Murray. I expect you see a healthier Kyler Murray than you saw in the back half of the season where Connor made his name for that organization. So Connor finishes an RB5 last year. He hit an absolute ceiling that no one imagined for him. I think, I think everybody would have said his comfortable floor is right around that 15 to 20 spot, and I think it's a little bit lower than that because I do think Kyler Murray is going to run the ball. I think they are going to work in a second and a third running back with James Conner because this is the first healthy season he actually had. So we'll see what they do, but I, I'm just not as high as a lot of the other analysts are on him. For me, I have J.K. Dobbins. The Ravens – have a totally revamped team. No Marquise Brown injuries to all their running backs last year and a couple other positions, but he was getting drafted around like two to three last year. Now he's going around like roughly late three to five. And that's okay. I'm comfortable taking a shot there. He's, he's recovering from the, I believe it was the ACL tear. And I think he's going to get a lot of receptions from Lamar. I think he's going to work with Lamar in the red zone, whether it's a read option or uh, something like that. So I see upside there. I know he's going to have some competition, so it's, it is a bit of a, a shaky pick. He's not the most comfortable pick. I like Montgomery more. I like some of these other running backs that I've listed above him more, but I don't think he's a bad choice. The Ravens always score a lot of points. They compete in every game. As long as he's healthy, I think he's going to get looks. I think he's going to let, get targets. I think he'll get touchdown opportunities. So that's why I'll, I'll take a chance on J.K. Dobbins. I don't love it, though, like a bunch of these other running backs that I have. All right, 22 for you, Nick. 
All right. Someone's got to say it. Saquon Barkley is being drafted way too high. Saquon Barkley is being drafted as a low-end RB2. It, it, the high-end play is a flex play, and I didn't even trust him at that. He's, he's averaged 3.7 yards per an attempt last year. He had 160 touches, and he only delivered 600 yards. That's pitiful. He found the end zone four times in total last year, and he only missed three games. It felt like he was unhealthy for most of the year. He played 14 of your games. You were starting in 14 weeks. I'm not touching Barkley. He finishes the RB30, playing one of his healthiest seasons since his rookie year. Like, Bar- Barkley is not the same running back. He doesn't have the same burst. He's not as explosive. That offensive line is not that good. That team is not putting up touchdowns. Everything is saying, don't draft Barkley. But everybody sees the guy that was drafted in the beginning of the first round and that was a monster at Penn State. Barkley's not that guy anymore. People just need to accept it, move on, take the next generation, trust these rookies, trust these second-year backs, trust all these guys. He's being drafted above Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has proved his entire his every season of his career. He's been a top-10 running back in fantasy. He's missed four games. Saquon Barkley missed that in this season and put up way worse numbers than him. There's absolutely no reason he should be drafted in the middle of the in the in the middle of the fourth round, high fifth round. That is absolutely ridiculous. There's no re- I would only put him on my bench and I wouldn't feel comfortable playing him any single week. Man, Nick waited 48 minutes to do that. He's been itching at that one. I can Dude, I hate Barkley this year. I have no idea why people <laughs> I don't like him either. All righty. Now my number 22 is Elijah Mitchell and he was great when he had the opportunities last year. But I know the Kyle Shanahan offense. He likes four running backs. He likes fullbacks. He likes tight end shuffles. Trey Lance can run it from the five-yard line as well. Not comfortable touching Elijah Mitchell. It's all about comfortability for me at this point. I don't see as much upside as I could. I'd rather take David Montgomery. I'd rather take Antonio Gibson. Um, I even have ETN and AJ Dillon are my last two. That's a spoiler for those listening through audio. And I think they have more upside than Elijah Mitchell does because uh, the opportunities that I've seen happen with San Francisco backs. The one year I went in on a San Francisco back two years ago, at Raheem Mostert back to back games of like 20 plus fantasy points, got injured, didn't get used again. They flipped it to McKinnon or whoever. Like I, I just can't, if he gets, if he gets injured, it's somebody else's backfield. That's always how it's going to be in San Francisco. Alrighty. 23, Nick, we're getting to the end here. I got David Montgomery here. The fact is David Montgomery put up eight touchdowns last year, averaged 3.8 yards per carry. That was almost as bad as Saquon Barkley. But the fact is, you know, he looked pretty good last year. But to me, Khalil Herbert looked like the better running back there. There's a new coaching staff. It's an offensive mind. I I think you're going to see a completely different Bears team. You're going to see a completely different operation there. I think you're going to see a lot more Justin Fields running the ball. I think you're going to see a lot of Darnell Mooney in motion. And teams like that are the San Francisco 49ers who did not trust Elijah Mitchell with the ball. I think Elijah Mitchell's a more talented running back. I think Khalil Herbert, who's the backup there, is a more talented running back. So for me, I'm not fading Montgomery, um, but I don't see him having the upside. I know people love him in the playoffs. Everybody loves playoff David Montgomery. But the fact is, on for an entire season, I do not want to trust David Montgomery as my RB2, I'd be comfortable putting him in for a week or two off my bench. I have Travis Etienne at 23, and I had him much higher. I think I had him at 17, and I dropped him a lot as I kept on tinkering with my list. What I really love about Etienne is they say he's playing like a wide receiver in camp. He's lining up a lot from the slot, a lot of passes from the backfield, and I love that as a fantasy manager in PPR leagues. That's what you want from your running back. If you're telling me I could basically play a wide receiver at running back, I'm all in on that. He had like two or three years at Trevor Lawrence in college. Um, he had a year to rehab. 
I'm in on ETN this year. If I get him in round four or five, like I said, I like, I have him finishing behind guys like Dobbins and Elijah Mitchell and Gibson and Connor, but like, I, I, I think he has the upside to finish in the top 20. I just didn't put him in the top 20. So I'm going with more of a safer floor at this point. So uh, 24, Nick, your last, uh, your last pick here. So this this is where I really struggled because, and I'll, I'll tell you who the one guy I didn't put on the list was, and it was J.K. Dobbins. Um, I I was debating Singletary and Dobbins for a while on here, and I, I settled on Singletary. Um, Singletary finishes the RB eighteen last year, um, which is actually a lot higher than I think most people want to recognize. He's been healthy his entire career. Um, and I, I think we learned with Patrick Mahomes and with Josh Allen, those big arm quarterbacks, they don't really put up fantasy stud seasons from your running back, but they do put up um they put up inconsistent seasons with high, high upside. And as I've been saying for the past couple of podcasts, I'm a little concerned. Um, with the receiving game out in Buffalo, because I do think without Brian Dable there, they're going to play much more conservative football. Their goal is going to be to go into a game, win the game um, in multiple ways, like beat you on the ground, beat you in the air, beat you on defense. So I think you're going to see a lot more work from the running backs. On the last four weeks of the season, Devin Singletary averaged 18 fantasy points per game. He looked pretty good in the playoffs as well. Um, the one concern for years was him or Zach Moss, and he clearly showed that he's he's the better running back there. So for me, I'm trusting Singletary, um, not on a weekly basis, but I think the ceiling's a lot higher um, on a week-to-week basis in that offense than I do think it is for J.K. Dobbins. I have A.J. Dillon at 24, seven picks away from – or seven spots away from Aaron Jones because I don't know who's going to be the running back one on this team. I think it could start as Aaron Jones. I think it will start as Aaron Jones, but I think as the season gets you know more and more in the deeper into the season, I think it could become A.J. Dillon. He's the bigger back. He's the stronger back. Um, he can catch the ball. I think Jones will be more of a receiving back, but I think Dylan's going to get a lot of those touchdown opportunities and touchdown scores fantasy points. I know it's great to have a couple receptions, but – if AJ Dillon gets you 50 yards and a touchdown, that's 11 points. If Aaron Jones gets you, you know, five receptions or 50 yards, that's 10 points. So I think it's, I think I'd rather take AJ, AJ Dillon at his ADP than I would at Aaron Jones. And that's kind of where I sit on both of them. And that's why they're ranked so close. And that's why Jones is a lot lower than he could be. So um, those are our top 24 guys. So let us know what you think. We're going to post them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all that. Let us know what you think of our rankings and, Agree with them. Let us know. Don't agree with them. Please let us know. Tell us who you like this year, who you don't like. Um, Thank you guys for listening to the show. Again, you can listen to it on all podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google, anywhere where you can find a podcast, you find the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and a review. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. Please give us a like, comment, uh, subscribe. We appreciate all of that. If you want to follow us on social media and please do primetime ff pod twitter instagram tiktok primetime fantasy podcast on facebook and youtube we'll see you guys on friday for our wide receivers thank you guys for listening we'll talk to you then